I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. We have a special treat for you on this Dreamcast. This is going to be Mr. Paul Jean, a.k.a. Crawley. He is a Chicago Cubs super fan. Say hi, Paul. How's it going, everybody? All right, Crawley, can you tell everybody how they can find you on the Facebook and the Twitter? Yeah, you can find me um, on my Twitter handle. It's at Crawley's Cubs, except there's no E in it, so C-R-A-W-L-Y Cubs. And on Facebook, we have a page, Crawley's Clubhouse, so you can find us there, and we always have fun things going on. Yeah, and I know you are everywhere that's associated with the Chicago Cubs, so it's not even like an embellishment to tell everybody that you're a super fan. Uh, I think I met you when Ben Orano Catuli, who runs World Series Dreaming with me, he invited me to the very first Cubs convention that I went to, and that was the first convention that Theo Epstein was introduced at. Yeah, the the Theo Fest sign. Yeah. I had I had this big sign that said Theo Fest, and uh, I've known yeah Ben for years from uh, going to Cubs conventions. And, uh, yeah, that was the year that uh, I I was so sure that the Cubs were going to win the World Series when Theo was there. So I had a big sign made up that said Theo Fest. And what usually happens is about five minutes before the convention starts, the opening ceremonies, I start the Let's Go Cubbies chant. So that was uh, – you, you picked a good one to make your first appearance at. Right. And I actually didn't go back until last year's convention. I, unfortunately, like – Many, many people were wasn't able to get tickets to the 2017. That was this year's Cubs convention because obviously something awesome happened in 2016. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. The Cubs come pouring out of the dugout, jumping up and down like a bunch of delirious 10-year-olds. The Cubs have done it. The longest drought in the history of American sports is over, and the celebration begins. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, this was, uh, I've never seen Cubs Con sell out so quickly in all my years. And like I said, I've been going about 17 years. So, you know, that was, it just blew up. And there's unfortunately a lot of really good Cubs fans that weren't able to get in. So, you know, if you were there, it was an amazing experience. Uh, seeing David Ross come out on that runway with the World Series trophy was just uh, gave you goosebumps, you know? Yeah, I did see you the previous year when we went to the 2016 uh, Cubs convention. Uh, Maria, a.k.a. Sweet Loops, was able <laughs> to get me a ticket there, which was very nice of her. And so that was the year that I thought, man, this team is jacked up. This is a juggernaut, and we turned out to be correct about that yeah you know that, that 2016 and sweet loops uh you know she's my bingo partner in crime um ah. for cubs convention but uh yeah you knew right away and even in 2000 you know when you saw this team and, and if you've gone to the last couple conventions it was funny because it wasn't really about the current team all the hype was always about what's coming and so for a while now, we've all kind of just been waiting for this to bubble up. And as the 2014 season was coming to a close and you started to see some of these young guys make appearances and then going into 2015, you know, you started to believe that the hype was real. This wasn't going to be a Corey Patterson or a Felix P.A. 
these these guys were were a different breed right there and and that's what was fun to watch so you know like you said in the 2016 Cubs convention we knew that this was this was for real and that they were they were ready to compete and obviously they showed what they were able to do right and i think my only bummer was that they didn't win at all in 2015. I knew they'd be back, but the only reason I was bummed is because, you know, Back to the Future Part 2 said that it was the year they would have won. <laughs> yeah, you, you saw all the memes and stuff about that, and it turned out not to be the case. But they they only were about a year off, so I'm okay with that. I think they were they were a year ahead of what they were supposed to be. I mean, I think 2016 was when we were going to see some playoff runs, not 2015. They made that real good run in the second half. And I think that that was a huge learning experience for that team to feel the playoff pressure, the atmosphere, uh, to, to kind of feel what it feels like to have to face some of that elite pitching. You're not facing, you know, four and five guys on a 500 team. You're facing aces pretty much every night when you get to the playoffs. So I thought it prepared them really well, both for the mental and physical grind that they were going to face in 2016. But like you said, you want them to win just because – you know, obviously Starlin's gone and, you know, we have better players, but he was somebody that was really well-liked. And you never know. I mean, I remember 2003, I was at all the playoff games and I was devastated after game seven. And, you know, I had a friend say to me, well, don't worry, we're going to be back next year. And on paper, they look like a better team in 04 than they did in 03. And you saw what happened there. So nothing's ever guaranteed. So that's why this season's been so enjoyable just even in the early seasons. I can just relax and no matter what happens, <laughs> obviously I want him to win it again and again, but just getting this one, getting that monkey off the back was, was huge. Yeah, and I really like the fact that, you know, this year they lost three games already and we're just like, yeah, whatever. You know, they're going to lose 50 or 60 or 70 games this year anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. We might as well get them out of the way early, right? Right. But, yeah, you know, the team looks good, and, and, you know, sometimes it takes a little while to get guys going. Like Rizzo and Bryant kind of start out slow, but you know they're going to yeah, hit. And they definitely hit in the finale of this home opening series against the Dodgers. That was fun. <laughs> and, and and the thing that Joe keeps bringing up, the deep heat, you know, you see Almora today. It's going to be hard to keep that kid out of the lineup, some of those plays that he made today. But as long as that defense stays tight, that's really going to be the yeah, key. And it's uh, even though his call got overturned, Kyle Schwarber looks good too. And he, he's not as elite, obviously, as Almora or Jason Hayward, but he, he looks competent out there, and that's all you can really ask. Well, you know, I, I've brought this up with people, and this goes back to Theo's days in Boston. He had a pretty darn good hitter who was an awful left fielder and a guy named Manny Ramirez, okay? So I think Kyle Schwarber's probably a little bit a step above Manny defensively. And, again, when you have a bat that potent, that powerful, like we've been talking about, you know, Bryant and, and Rizzo, Rizzo just had his first home run today. I mean, they're just getting going. You're not going to be able to walk Schwarber three times a game if all of a sudden you have to face Rizzo and Bryant and they're doing what they normally do. Yeah, and I had just tweeted that, you know, despite only going one for three with a walk, uh, Kyle Schwarber saw 19 pitches today in his four plate appearances. That was great. Kind of kind of makes you laugh at the critics that were wondering if he's a leadoff hitter. Like, who, who cares? Like, he's getting on base. That's <laughs> what you want your leadoff hitter to do. That's what we always want. So it's Schwarber, Zobrist, and Zobrist had the day off. But then, you know, you got Addison hitting right behind Rizzo, uh, batting cleanup, and he hits a home run. Like, he's not going to be sub-300 on base percentage forever. He crushed that one today, didn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, because we, we were, like, complaining about the wind on 
Wednesday night, and now he he seems okay. So he, he obviously didn't care about the win at that point. No, no, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, you know, the, the elements are always going to play a role, and that's the thing I always say with the Cubs in general. Obviously, you can say that about any team, but especially with the way that the wind plays in April, you really want to kind of get at least about a 500 or above start, and then once all of a sudden May and June and start heating up, then those bats heat up as well. So they're doing yeah. they're doing just fine right now. And I'm glad you brought that up because, like you were telling me, you always go to the home opener, and you were actually part of the celebration on Wednesday night. So let's talk about the home opener first. You weren't able to get on the field then because, you know, obviously they can't give you too many cookies. <laughs> but how no. did you feel about that? We talked about that in the last Dreamcast because uh, Ben went, and he's a season ticket holder as well. Uh, I assume you're a season ticket holder. Yes, I am. And uh, you, you guys obviously can't miss the home opener. So I, how did you feel about that? Well, you know, the whole day was a lot of fun. Uh, I woke up pretty early. I stayed at a friend's place right across from Wrigley, and uh, we went to the new dedication ceremony for the park at Wrigley. Um, so that was just fantastic. You know, I, I the last time I was in Wrigleyville was in uh, the middle of January. Season ticket holders got to take a picture with the trophy at uh, the Metro on uh, Clark and even then just the amount of work that's been done between then and now is just unbelievable but the Cub store two stories I'm, I'm gonna have to become like an uber driver or something I got to get some extra income because the stuff there's just amazing um, they're gonna have a nice patio and restaurant and they're just gonna have a lot of fun activities so it's just, it's just is more beautiful than what I even imagined in my head so that was really fun to go to that dedication ceremony and see I remember when Crane was talking about the triangle building in like 2006 or 2007 so it's been a long time coming and a lot of ideas but this just turned out fantastic um and then you know you go to the you know opening ceremonies you know we got in early and uh we're just kind of just taking in the atmosphere soaking it in and you could see the four flagpoles and we were waiting so you know, that was just beautiful to see Wrigley looking as nice as it did. Yeah, it looks extremely well put together. Like it was it was aesthetically pleasing, I, I think would be my, my two words. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I did watch the uh, first game on on a live stream. I was able to watch the ESPN broadcast. I you know, I'm not a season ticket holder. I can't really afford it on a teacher's salary. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it was great. And I, I saw all the fans just cheering, the players going up the bleachers. It, it was a wonderful experience. And on the Tuesday off day in between the two games, uh, I got to go up to Wrigley by myself without the, the game day crowd. And, yeah, it was a it was really nice. Unfortunately, they didn't have the trophy at the Motorola store yet because I guess they were still parading around the city. Mm -hmm. But uh, that that's going to be there too soon as well. So you know, I, I think it's going to be a huge tourist draw. You know, even on non-game days, that's just going to be so big. Yeah, and I I don't actually get to go to a game until May, but you know, by then the weather should hopefully be nicer, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll have a ticket so they can't walk me out of the plaza. Right, and, and, you know, hey, sometimes, you know, most people don't like going to these April games. I, I'll be honest with you. I was Like I said, I was there Monday night, and Monday during the day I was at the ceremony. I was sweating, and I was wearing jeans and a T-shirt. 
And then, you know, by the time it got to game time, I'd, I've been to so many home openers, but I've never felt such a cold temperature drop in such a relatively short time. It was something else. But, you know, when they started the ceremony, it was just, you know, with the movie and the highlights, you know, obviously they were just getting the crowd revved up and they were just kind of talking about the players and the player introductions and lined them up. And then all of a sudden another movie came on and you saw him go under the bleachers. And that was the first time I've ever seen that happen. Um, And so, you know, obviously to have Fergie and Rhino and then Bill uh, to do the 1907 and 08 flags, that was fantastic. Billy Williams, you know, obviously, you know, with the passing of uh, Ernie Banks, you know, he's taken on that, you know, figurehead role for the team. And uh, that was just unbelievable to see uh, Billy put up the pennant. 2016 pennant and then just to see the team do that and they kind of had like the theme to Rudy and the theme to the natural and all this different music playing that just kind of just got you so in the mood there and then when they came out they played some ACDC uh, it's a long way to the top and Rizzo's carrying the trophy above his head that yeah, was, just that was a great picture like uh, that, that was plastered all over the place just Rizzo being flanked by his teammates carrying the trophy uh, that was uh, incredibly awesome in my head, it's still like slow mo, like Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very good metaphor. Um, <laughs> were you able to stay till the end? I, I don't know if you left early. No, we we stayed till the end, and uh, yeah, so you saw the walk off. That was great, right? And especially because with Riz was scuffling a little bit to see him get that against Jansen. You know, Jansen's such a tough pitcher. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's. It's what we always know about this team is that they don't give up. You know, they, you have to earn all 27 outs and they're going to make you work. And, and that's what this team can do is they don't they don't get down on themselves. They don't stop believing they will fight claw and scratch until, you know, until the game's officially over. And they it's not an easy win. Anytime you play against the Cubs, they are, like I said, they're a dangerous team. And they remind me again, like a lot of those teams feel constructed in Boston where there's not – really a lot of easy outs and any one of these guys can go yard on you at any time yeah and like even though they lost those three games all three of those games they absolutely had chances every single time even in their last at bat to win and that that's something that you know I, i never really felt that way about a team until last year and this year it's just like you said like if you give them an out there is always a chance, no matter who the closer is. Yep, and and I think there's, you know, when I was growing up in high school and stuff like that, I remember the Michael Jordan era Bulls, and you just the other teams. I think it mentally affects you. You never really truly feel comfortable. No leads, truly safe. Nothing's in the bag, and and that's kind of what I feel with this Cubs team is that that same type of dominant mentality that I think the Cubs honestly believe that they can win no matter what the score, no matter what the situation. They're in every single game, and they have a chance to win it, and they never doubt that. Even yeah. down 3-1 in the World Series, you know what I mean? How good did that look? Yeah, like, I, I had to amend my prediction because I originally said Cubs in 6, and then it was like, well, they're down 3-1. Let's just call it Cubs in 7 and see what happens. And <laughs> sure enough, they, made me, they made me look kind of smart. <laughs> you know, they made all of us that look never good. Quit, and that's, they, they, that's yeah. what, that was their motto, right? We never quit. Indeed. Let's talk about Wednesday. I, I think you had a much better time on Wednesday because the Cubs really uh, went to town with you guys. They they gave you a lot of bells and whistles. So can you describe your day? Yeah, you know, I was uh, one of the 20 lucky fans that were chosen for the ring ceremony. Um, 
it, at Cubs convention this year uh, during the business ops session, uh, Crane Kenny brought up that there was going to be a contest that uh, 20 fans would be part of the ring experience and that a video needed to you needed to be nominated by somebody and a video needed to be uh, submitted on Twitter. And so the second I heard that, I'm like, oh, man, I really would love that. But at the same time, it's very overwhelming. I mean, who do you know? you know how many good cup fans are out there with great stories and can say how dedicated they are. You know, it's not, not an easy task. So I have, the good thing is, is I have a lot of pictures over a lot of games over a lot of years. So I just gave it to some of my more tech savvy friends and I said, Hey, here's, here's what you need to do. Let's get to town. And then they did a fantastic job. Yeah. I'm glad you were able to get this done too, because like based, based on how invested I've seen of you, like I've only met you like two or three times, but, uh, you're always so invested in it's like, well, I'm not from Chicago. I thought about doing this, but then I was like, yeah, you know, same as you. There are so many other fans who are deserving. And like my wife asked, well, do you want to submit a video? And I said, well, I don't actually know how how well I come off because I don't actually live. I live in Chicago, but I'm not actually from Chicago. I'm not even from the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt that for me, it, it wouldn't have been appropriate. Right. Everybody kind of has their different feels on it. But, you know, it was it, it really comes down to the, you know, and I, I know you have a good Cubs fan heart, you know, and I think there were some people from there from Indiana and other places. And, you know, it, it, that was the fun thing is, is how but how do you craft it? You know what I mean? How what were they looking for in the videos and and. I'm not going to pretend like I didn't care. You know, I would be watching some of these videos just to see what other people were doing. And there was just a lot of good ones, you know, and, and the, and the 20 that were picked, you know, I don't, I mean, they were all very worthwhile people, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, other 19 besides myself, you know, very worthwhile candidates and, and they were, and it was really cool. So once that video got submitted, then it was just the waiting game. You know, I think the submissions had to be in right around Valentine's day and they were going to announce it the first week of March. And so my friend came and knocked on my door and she brought some champagne and some balloons and told me that I won. And I was kind of in shock and I didn't know if she was, you know, sometimes my friends kind of like to mess with me a little bit. So I was worried that this was going to be some kind of joke. Um, But then I found out and then it was just kind of waiting from like the first week of March till now, you know, and it didn't hit me until like yesterday, maybe on the way down to the stadium. I've been down to, you know, I've been down to Wrigley hundreds and hundreds of times. And this was the first time I started to get butterflies. It, it, everyone would always ask me, how do you feel? Are you nervous? Who do you want to give it to? All this stuff. And and I was just kind of just nonchalant. Oh, no big deal. You know, it's, it's just going to go out there and do my thing. But when it, when it hit you on game day, it was like, oh, my God, it was like a ton of bricks. Where do the Cubs put you up at? Because I know that they, they even, uh, you know, gave you I, – I don't know if they reimbursed your transportation costs, but uh, they definitely put you up in a nice hotel, it looks like. All of that stuff. They, the travel cost, uh, if you were flying in, they paid for that. Uh, gas money, and then a the, uh, beautiful four-star hotel called The Loft. Um, mm. So it was absolutely gorgeous. So, you know, I wanted to make sure being a cub nut is not easy sometimes, especially being a father with two kids, you know, and a wife and this and that. And so, you know, um, my wife is really understanding about, you know, me going to these games and the conventions and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I wanted her to be there. I wanted my kids to experience this. You know, I wanted them to really understand what Cub fandom is, you know, and just kind of never giving up and trying to reach your goals. And, hey, sometimes you succeed, sometimes you don't. But, you know, do what you do with pride and passion, you know, and sometimes it really you get rewarded. So 
they were there. Um, my dad and mom were there, and my dad is really uh, obviously where I get my Cub fandom from. And my mom's always really helpful with um, driving the kids around and helping my wife out when I'm not around during Cub season as much. So, you know, they were all there. So we all kind of we checked into the hotel and we got in line. And once we got in line, um, my dad and I went to the VIP section and they checked us in. And so once we did that, we came into the stadium and that's where I had to separate from my family. And um, they took us right kind of underneath the right field bleachers. Yeah, I, I saw those pictures of yours, and I just kind of want to say that I'm very glad that your parents were able to participate in this, your family as well, because we know that so many fans didn't get that chance. And, you know, they're probably, like, depending on what you believe, they're probably looking down from heaven and having a ball, and I'd like to think that's the case. Yeah, my great-uncle, I thought a lot about him. He was, um, he's the, the original Gene family Cub fan. And so he was, you know, my last words to him. I didn't know at the time they were going to be my last words, obviously, but we were talking about Mark Pryor, you know, this was Mm -hmm. in 2002. And and so he was the one that really got everybody into the Cubs. He's a big uh, baseball player. And, uh, you know, we, it was, um, yeah, you really thought a lot about that. I thought a lot about um, Ernie Banks and I thought a lot about Ron Santo, you know, they were really in my head a lot that day. Uh, yesterday and uh, I wore a number 14 shirt under my jersey you know I wanted him represented so it was when I you know we kind of were sitting there and it was weird I always kind of I guess the best comparison I always have is to Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory and the golden tickets it was just this unique group and and they say a lot about the World Series team they're bonded forever and kind of us ring bearers at a much smaller level we kind of just bonded a lot. They've asked a lot. You know, we've done a lot of different media. We've done some ESPN, CBS, WGN. I was on Eric and Kathy the other morning, you know, and we've all oh, kind yes. of just bumped in, into each other here, there, and everywhere doing promotional stuff. But we've all kind of just formed a, a nice bond that we're just all Cub fans and we all are pinching each other, kind of, you know, making sure this is not some dream, you know. So it was right. really fun. It was that there was about a good 35 to 40 minutes before um, – the ceremony where we were just kind of all just hanging out and talking and taking pictures and the different media outlets were there um, doing interviews with us individually and stuff yeah. like that. Did, did Tom Ricketts actually come in and do his little barrel roll and then welcome you to the chocolate factory? That's what it, I swear I thought he was going to do that kind of like a hobbled old man and then do his acrobatics, <laughs> but nope, that didn't happen. But but he did come to beat you and thank you for being there and all that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is they start announcing who gets what player and oh, where yeah. you're going to stand in line. So you get, you know, the first guy got uh, Albert Elmore and they were just lining us up. And what they provided us, they gave us an authentic flex base jersey, the gold jersey. And on the back mm. it says ring bear and then the number of the player that you would be assigned. And so right. I, I got Miguel Montero, which I was excited about, obviously, because of Sweet Loops and because he was the, I was there in the NLCS game one when he hit that grand slam. And he had one of the, the most important hits that sometimes get overlooked in game seven of the World Series. Um, oh, yes. So, that, that was probably the loudest I've ever heard Wrigley Field, even through my TV. Oh, yeah. Because everybody went nuts. <laughs> and if you remember, Dexter Fowler hit a home run after, immediately after his back-to-back yeah. jacks, and no one even really kind of knew what happened. Just out of curiosity, which ones of the playoff games did you go to at Wrigley? I, I was fortunate. I went to all the playoff games except for game four, the, the lackey loss. That was just the worst World Series game out of all of them. 
probably. Oh, yeah. So I missed that one, which was fine with me. I was at a, I was at all the all the home uh, San Francisco games. I was at all the home Dodger games, and I was at uh, game three and five of the World Series. Yeah, well, at least you got to see at least one win. Hey, you know, I got to see the first no, World that, Series game history. since '45, and I got to see the first win. So, like you said, it was great. Yeah, and so I'm glad you got that experience. Yeah, we're at the point where uh, you are waiting. Tom Ricketts has given you your jersey and whatnot. Well, so that's now... no Tom Ricketts yet. It's just now. It's basically. Oh, okay. It's just basically. Um, the Cubs uh, employees that are kind of just walking us through the procedures and we're going to line up like this. And then all of a sudden there's that green, they open the gates and they let us out and we just start walking. And, you know, I was kind of just waving to people and I knew there was a lot of people in certain places, just not exact, exactly. Obviously my family was spread around in a couple different spots, some friends in the bleachers, some friends in the grandstand. So I was just trying to kind of just wave around. And then, you know, as a season ticket holder, they let us go on the field for uh, season ticket holder day for family day. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, I've been on the field for pregame ceremonies, kind of they give you VIP stickers sometimes and you can go down and take pictures like by the um, by the batting circles. And then, uh, you know, I've been there before where um, after the games you can run with your kids on Sundays and stuff like that, or your kids can run. Oh, yeah, I've done so, that before too. I've been That's on the great. field, but there's never been anything like 40,000 eyes all on you as you're walking in. So that was, you know, everyone kind of finally kind of started to see us. And as we they started to see us, the cheers got louder and louder. So they put us right um, – they kind of had us roped off a little bit near uh, the – visitors dugout on the first base side and we were lined up there and that's when the ceremony started mm-hmm. and so once the ceremony started you know you just hear all the music and the people cheering and, and len casper was there and uh and he looked good in that suit yeah yeah, yeah he, i always say len casper has a presidential look to him um the other thing is Tom Ricketts actually did come to talk to us before the ceremony started and just shook all our hands and, you know, congratulated us. And, and you know, if you've anyone that's ever been to Wrigley, you've probably seen Tom bopping around. He's just a great guy to talk to and very invested in the fans. Indeed. Yeah. He's, uh, he's good like that. Like, uh, you don't ever see any other owners, maybe Mark Cuban, uh, they do that. But Tom is really hands on when it comes to that part of the fan experience. Yeah, so we, we, we had um, – it was just a lot of fun doing that. And so once that happens, then, you know, then they start announcing the players. And and, and when, when all of a sudden they first start kind of showing the uh, – when they made that announcement that they made a ring for Ernie Banks and Ron Santo, that's that, – at that point I almost lost it. I almost started crying because, like I said, I was thinking so much about those guys. And, uh, you know, as they came out and the first ring started going out and the players got their rings, um, what would happen is it was, uh, Justin's is the company that made the rings. They had a table next to us and in the table were these black boxes with see-through tops. Mm-hmm. And so what would happen is that you had your place in line, they would call you, you, they would hand you a box and you, that you had a mark that you would hit kind of right behind home plate and the player would meet you there. So, you know, slowly but surely everyone's getting called. I was kind of in the middle of the pack on that. And uh, it was just fun, you know, because like I said, I can see, you know, I, I could see the rings there. And then on the scoreboard when they were showing them like close-ups, like it's just it, just seeing how big, you know, on a big jumbotron, how beautiful those rings are. It was oh, yeah. unreal. So, uh, 
you know, I waited my turn patiently and finally they called me to, um, you know, presenting a ring to Miguel Montero, Paul Crawley Jean, you know, and, and you go out there and, you know, I'm trying to look at the ring and at the same time, I'm trying not to stumble or do anything <laughs> foolish. That, yeah, don't break it. Right. <laughs> don't so break the box. I'm walking up to him and uh, and then I, I said, congratulations, Miggy. And then I said, hey, we are good. And he kind of laughed about that. So it was kind of fun. Um, and yeah, then, he's a really cool guy. Yeah. And so as I'm walking back, uh, you know, I, I said thank you to Crane and Theo. And, and I know those guys, like I said, from the convention. And, you know, Rhino and Fergie, I kind of gave a head nod to. But um, like I said, seeing Billy, um, I shook Billy's hand and said, congratulations, sir. And then um, the next guy was Joe Madden was at the very end of the line. And uh, I shook his hand. I said, thank you. Thank you, Joe. And then he patted me on the back. And that was really amazing, you know. Yeah. You got to be in the uh, presence of greatness. Absolutely. I love Joe Madden so much. It's just unbelievable just how great a manager he is. And, uh, you know, I really just wanted to thank him. You know, everyone always asked me beforehand, if you could give anybody a ring, who who would it be? And my answer every time was Joe Madden. You know, if I, you know, and and it was presented to him, I believe, by the commissioner. Um, They did the the Theo and and, uh, the Ricketts. They all got it presented by the commissioner. So Joe did too. But it was just such an honor just to say thank you to him, you know, in that kind of context. And he was really great about it. Yeah. And uh, we we don't really have to talk about the game. Like, obviously, we had talked before about how even when they are down for the count, they always find a way to make it interesting even towards the end. So they did have a way to – they, they did have a chance to win it even in the ninth inning, but it wasn't to be. Does that diminish from your experience at all? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm usually super into the game, but like yesterday, I don't think there's anything that could have burst that bubble. It was just just to have the family there and, and to have that experience. Like I said, it, it wasn't anything I was worried about. It's, you know, we'll get them tomorrow, which we did. So it, it, yep. was, it was, you know, they actually had all of us um, sitting together to all of us ring bearers. We were all kind of behind the first base dugout, so it was fun to kind of be with a bunch of other rabid Cub fans, uh, you know, just hanging out there, having a good time. I would were say, you at any point allowed to actually touch the ring? Um, there were certain rules. Number one, no cameras or phones of any type. And mm-hmm. number two, no, do not touch the rings. That would have been like... Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. I guess that's asking a bit too much, but being on the field and being able to see the ring before most of us did, that, that probably was really something great. You know, and having that box in your hand, I mean, you're looking right at it, you know, it's right there. It's like, wow, it was, it, that was a really great experience, you know? And so, yeah, just getting to see that was really cool. So it seemed like the ceremony was like two minutes for us. It just seemed to fly by. And we're walking off the field, and then I clicked my heels down the line uh, by uh, the right field uh, exit. That that seems appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit for Ron Santo. So I had my Ernie 14 shirt, and I had my heel clicks for Ronnie. Yeah, and it's wonderful what the Cubs did for uh, the departed our beloved departed, right? If yep. anybody deserved rings, it was those guys who gave basically their careers and their lives for this organization. Well, I talked to a lot of people, you know, it, it's just really funny. I, you know, the first team that really hooked me was the 84 Cubs when I was just a kid. I was about eight years old. And then that team was the one I fell in love with, you know, and, you know, there's 89 and 98 in between then, but 03, I was still in my very early 20s and I went to a ton of games that year and all the playoff games. 
And when they lost, that one really kind of stuck with me really bad. Way more, you know, and, um, you know, it's funny that, you know, I was probably about 25 or something, 24, 25 in 2003, I'm trying to remember. And then all of a sudden this long, you know, other playoffs that ended in disappointment. But, you know, when you're 20, you think you can conquer the world. And, you know, you, yeah, of course I'm going to see a Cubs win a World Series. And then all of a sudden time starts to pass on you, you know. I'm 40 years old and, and all of a sudden, you you know, I never thought that I would see the World Series and Ernie Banks wouldn't be alive to talk about it or Ron Santo wouldn't be there. And I kind of imagined what Ron Santo would have said on that last out. And, you know, for them not to be here, you, you realize, boy, you know, how fortunate we were to kind of be a part of what Sports Illustrated called the last great sport, American sports story, you know? Yeah. But, Wow. <laughs> Well, it's really good to see you on the Twitter just really enjoying yourself. Like, we live vicariously through that because obviously not all of us can do that. But uh, I was saying that, and among other people who, who blogged about it, it was great for the Cubs to just split it. Like, I'm sure Theo Epstein and Tom Ricketts and Joe Madden talked about this as well, but just splitting the ceremony into two to allow – the players to get their moment and for the fans to, even if it was just a handful of you to directly become linked to the team. That was a great gesture by the team. You know, the Cubs are just, you know, it's funny, you know, we went from being one of the most embarrassing organizations to being one of the top notch organizations and everything that we do now. Um, I don't know how they could have gotten both things in on, on one day. It, there's just so much emotion and so much fanfare that was just going along with this. Um, but like you said, have, allowing fans to live vicariously through the, the ring bears was a great experience. And, you know, I'm kind of relatively new in the Twitter game. I started blogging many, many years ago, 2004, 2005, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped when my daughter, when my second child was born, obviously, you know, there's two kids and my wife, you know, said, Hey, you got to help out a little bit more. So I kind of had to, I hung it up at that time for a while. And, but I always kind of just kept thinking cub thoughts and, you know, my wife kept saying, why do you keep talking to the TV? And so it was, I've only been on Twitter for a couple of years, not a lot, you know, as long as a lot of you guys. And so for me, you know, I've met so many awesome people through Twitter that I've become friends with in real life, not just, you know, over the phone or whatever, you know? And so I, I really was, you know, the way that Twitter responded to me winning and, and yesterday, the way that my Twitter was just blowing up, you know, I I really felt how other people were just happy for me and kind of just, you know, the, the, you know, the Cubs Twitter is just a, like I said, a family of its own. And I was happy to kind of be out there representing as best I could. Yeah, some of us were probably just a slight bit jealous, but, you know, for the most part, I was really happy for you, sir. And, Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited that you got the chance. Did you actually get a baseball, too, or a replica ring or anything like we that? Got, we, we got a baseball that says, yeah. uh, a gold baseball that says Chicago Cubs 2016 champs. We got to keep our flex base jerseys, and then we got um, the, the hats that the players have on the field, the authentic, uh, with the with the trophy on the side that says 2016. That's awesome. Yeah. With gold trim, so that yeah, was guess, all nice. I guess most of us will have to go to Justin's and like pony up what what is it, two hundred, three hundred bucks for a replica ring? Uh oh. two two hundred's a starter, but there's also one that's not yeah, that's uh five hundred that looks really cool too. So I, you know, they, like I said, they have them at all price levels. So there's there's a jewelry store in the in the um in the plaza now, right next to the trophy room that's sponsored by Motorola and I think 
at some point I'll just go in and say, hey, can I just try on the ring? <laughs> size, get and, you sized up? Yeah, and I'll give it back. I'm not going to buy it, but I, I just want that one picture of me with a ring. Even Clark the Cub got a ring. Did you see that? I did see that. <laughs> that was funny. I like you the... know you know you can get them personalized just like the players have. So you can have your you could have Rice Cube etched into your ring. Yeah, uh, I'm not so egotistical that I would do that because you know, like e- if I did it as a novelty stunt, just say, yeah, this is me wearing a ring, kind of like, you know, you're at Legoland or at the <laughs> museum and you're putting your head through one of those cutouts. But, uh, yeah, I don't think – I feel like personalizing my name on a ring like that would be taking it a bit too far. But that's just me. <laughs> well, that's why they get the options for everybody, you know. So I think there's – I think it's going to be a popular seller, obviously. Everyone's going to want to – want a piece of that you know so i'm hoping that they sell it for more than just one year oh yes because you know i think they'll they'll keep doing it for as long as you know they are in business because it like you said it it's going to sell like even if the 2017 cubs win the world series and i say whiff as you know i probably should say when (laughs) <laughs> because I'm an optimist, but you, you, we all know how hard it is to win a World Series. So if they get to the playoffs, which I think they will, uh, they have as good a shot as any team anyway. As long as the Reds don't run away with it, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what's up with the Reds. You, you just kind of forgot that they were supposed to suck, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's, no, they'll realize it sooner or later. But, yeah, you know, it, you never know what's going to happen. I think the last NL team to repeat – uh, was the Big Red Machine in the mid to late 70s. So, you know, it's been a while since an NL team has done that. So, if, you know, but if there's a team that has the depth, it's this it's team. The, that, yeah. You know, and the question to me, the one thing, like I said, I'd like to see another, you know, young starter, you know, somebody to really break through. And I don't know if that's in the organization or, you know, I think what, Hap hit another home run today? How many is oh, that yeah. now? Uh, so Gosh, I, think I think he's hit one in every game he's played, and it, it's kind like of five, hard to isn't track. That sounds right. Uh, so, he he's basically a monster at this point, and uh, it's going to be tough to figure out how to put him on the team with right. the team already so loaded. But they, they have a good excuse, I, I think. Like you know, we don't have room for you right now, so they, they don't have imagine, to make up an excuse. <laughs> can you can you imagine maybe what he could fetch on the open market? I think uh, if they really wanted to, they they could get their front line starter. But I think this front office is so disciplined that they'll just try to keep as many assets as they can before they really have to make a move. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, you, you're taking a look. You got Baez, you know, and I think that he, he hasn't even scratched this. I think people forget sometimes how young these guys really are. You know, and, and, and there's going to be learning, you know, the growing pains and whatnot and mistakes. You saw Contreras make one last night. You know, those, those things are going to happen, you know, but this is it's just really going to be tough to find places. I don't think Hayward's going anywhere. So you're kind of solidified at right, you know, Elmore, hopefully in center, and then you're going to have uh, Schwarber in left. Yeah, and, then and you look around. <laughs> if, if you think about it, this is like the perfect storm for the organization because, they, like you said, they have so many young guys and – it's good to take that pressure off. You no longer have to win the World Series every single year. You just make the playoffs. You grow into it, and you're already so young. None of you are in your prime, so you don't hit your prime until like you're 27, 28, 29. And some of these guys are so far away from that still that it's scary what they can do in the future. 
you know, think about is, it. These, yeah. these guys have these guys already have two years playoff experience under their belt. Go take a look at all the postseason records. Literally, all these young kids pretty much own the record books for Cubs postseason records. Yeah, and I know people are still harping on Wilson Contreras for some framing issues, and maybe he's getting too over-aggressive, but this is the kind of team that you want this kid on. He's very talented, and he's going to grow with this team, and he's going to get even better. So get the kinks out of the way early in the season. When it gets time to the playoffs, like all these guys are going to be ready because the organization is just too well put together at this point to let anything slip. I went to an autograph signing right before Cubs convention this year. It was uh, three coaches. It was um, Davey Martinez, Chris Bazio, and John Maley. Mm. And um, went to the, went there and you know got their autographs because I collect a lot of memorabilia. And um, I sat there and you kind of just go in a line and there's like different guys and they come out at different times. And I kind of had a few moments with Dave Martinez, you know. And uh, bench coach, you know, Joe Mann's right-hand man. I don't know how he still hasn't gotten a managing job yet, but that's a different topic. But I, I, I was talking to him. I said, Dave, you know, the team was great. Da, da, da. I'm like, is there someone you really think is just going to turn heads or just have a bust-out season that people don't see coming? And the first name out of his mouth was Wilson Contreras. Yeah. Right. So that pretty high praise. I believe it. Uh, before I let you go, Paul, why? Why Crawley? What? What's up with Crawley? You know, it was it. It was kind of funny how it all kind of played out. It was just a college nickname, you know what I mean? And uh, mm-hmm. it, it was basically my name's Paul, and then it morphed to Polly, and then all of a sudden it just became Crawley. Uh, so it was uh, one of those things, and so just people just started calling me Crawley. And so when I started, you know, Twitter and, and uh, uh, blogging years ago, all that stuff, I just kind of kept it and it's kind of stuck. And the number 16 before, obviously last year was um, my old college apartment number where we used to kind of throw some pretty good parties and everyone knew you would go to this apartment 16. So that it's Crawley 16 was always kind of like the, the name and the number that was associated. So it's just kind of stuck, you know? Wow, I I did not even remember that because uh, I I know I know the Crawley for sure, but I didn't even think about the sixteen, and that's just some kind of prescience there. You know, it is the thing that's freaky about it is just that number sixteen. How it's kind of it's where I you know I finished college. It's where I met my wife, and it's when the Cubs won the World Series. So I'm thinking that's my lucky number. Yeah, you should keep that and keep playing it during the Powerball, sir. There you go. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Paul. Uh, I'm glad that you had this experience, and I'm very thankful that you uh, w- you felt g- good enough to share it with us. And we'll put this on. Uh, you can follow Paul, a.k.a. Crawley, at Crawley's Cubs, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. Hey, guys. Thank, you know, like I said, I've known a lot of the World's, uh, World Series Dreaming guys for many, many years now, and you guys do great work, and you have great content. And so totally honored to be on here and talk to you guys. All right, and we'll be right back. Take care. The beauty and the history in this cathedral. The sky so blue against the grass so green. Like time stood still forever. So usually we only do these Dreamcasts once every one or two weeks. But we couldn't let this opportunity to let Crawley gush about his role in the Cubs ring ceremony pass us by. We'd like to thank Crowley for taking the time out to hang out with us at the World Series Dreaming Cubs Dreamcast. 
You can follow him at at Crawley Scubs on Twitter. That's C R A W L Y S C U B S. We also need to thank Randall Sanders for providing the sound clip of Pat Hughes calling the final out, and to Rich Deanna for providing the theme music for our Dreamcast. Thank you, as always, for listening and supporting World Series Dreaming, and if you have any questions or comments, please come find us at worldseriesdreaming.com or email us at worldseriesdreaming at gmail.com. We always appreciate any ratings on iTunes you can provide and for you to share us with your fellow Cubs fans. Until next time, thanks for listening, and go Cubs! It was more than just a game